Welcome to White Noise Season 2 Hey Josh Is this how we're going to open every podcast now? I feel like this is how we've opened the last like four I did actually have another idea for this intro, but it required me learning something on the guitar. Um, oh, that's never a good idea. <laughs> so, Josh, I've got a question for you. Okay. This what is a tra- a, trap. What do you call a magician who's lost his magic? Um, Hugh Jackman. No? Oh, I thought that was pretty good. What do you call that? <laughs> what's, it, what's that from? Well, just because Hugh Jackman's played a music uh, a magician in several roles, Has and he? now he doesn't. Yeah. When does he play a magician? He was in The Prestige. What's and the, is that The Prestige, the one with the card tricks? Uh it's got lots of tricks. I read the book recently. I haven't read. I haven't seen the movie. Is Hugh Jackman in The Prestige? Yeah, I, everyone's in the prestige. And Scarlett Johansson, who Star- listeners Star- will remember, was <laughs> the topic on the show last week. <laughs> I have starring Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, Rebecca Hall, Andy Serkis, David David Bowie. David Bowie plays Tesla. I'm not making this up. As in Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> How have I not seen this film? Yeah. Hugh <laughs> Jackman as an aristocratic magician. Christian Bale is a working-class magician. Michael Caine is the st- a stage engineer who works with them. Scarlett Johansson is someone's assistant. Hugh Jackman's assistant. Who's Piper Perigrew? David Bowie as Nikola Tesla, the real-life inventor who creates a teleportation device. Hang on a sec. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... I Actually, I do want you to watch it because I feel like it'll tie in... It'll be... You know, Christopher Nolan also brought us into Stella. And so I'd be curious to see your take on the science of the prestige because I feel like it may be a similar kind of two acts. You're going, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. And then in the last act, you're going, oh, hang on a second. No, but if the whole thing is magic, I don't mind that, right? Like, it's the thing. Oh, uh, no, it tried. Oh, uh, no. Well, no, I, don't know, like, I don't know how I, close I, it I don't also, don't, I also don't mind if it's science fiction, right? Like, I don't mind teleportation, right? That's a real thing. It's more if it, like, sets itself up to be accurate and then it's like, Oh, we're gonna. Here's how you do teleportation via quantum mechanics. And at the end, they're like, "Oh, but really, we can teleport because we were teleporting because of the power of love." You know, like as long as he doesn't pull that on me. I think you'd love the book. <laughs> <laughs> like, just I don't mind if you if you break science. Like, I'm I'm not a stickler like that. Just be consistent. I dislike inconsistency. You know. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I'll. I'm planning on watching it at some point, so I'll bring it back. Anyway, I totally derailed this intro. I mean, that's what would white noise be without some good derailing? <laughs> we are, we would not make a good train. No, we're not good at staying. Um, sorry, train. what was the what was the question? What'd you call a magician who's lost their magic? Ian. Oh, that's my dad. So your dad's a magician who's lost his magic. You know, what? I'm going to text that to him right now. I'm going to really? text that to him right now, and then we can fo- we can follow up at the end. We'll see if he's responded. 
this is a good time to ask to ask the listeners actually write in and let us know if you're a fan of jokes at the top of the show or not if if someone writes in and objects we will can it but if no one writes and objects i think we're going to keep going if you have any jokes you want to have featured on the show i reckon write in as well all right so josh when we recorded last we were in a bit of a rush weren't we yes because we're both a bit busy but i was in particular a rush because so i didn't actually tell you the time but i got texted halfway through our recording session that dingley was actually uh basically about half an hour from my house uh about to leave for our little road trip so for the listeners uh, I took a very, very impromptu two-day road trip with friend of the show, Dingley, last week. And I thought I'd, I'd catch you up on it, Josh, because I haven't really told you about all that went down. No, I know you went and you blew up some rockets. Yeah, literally we blew up some rockets. Um, and, but they didn't blow up necessarily as planned. <laughs> part of it. <laughs> uh, the motto of the trip I wrote down was, if it ain't broke, break it. Um, so all for, right, yeah, yeah. Yep. So for, so for context, so Dingley does a lot of YouTube films and he's currently doing one that is, it's all about this thing called the Pendulum Rocket Fallacy. Now, we're not a science podcast. We're certainly not going to get into the, the science. So the idea is that uh, a rocket should be, okay, you know what, stuff, I'm just going to explain it. A rocket, if you put the engines in the bottom that you see classically, like no, in regulating a rocket, should, if you hit it on the top, right, because it's yeah. just a cylinder, it will fall over, right? Because the weight's in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. The idea is that if you put the thrust, the rockets, the thrusters at the top, if you knock it on the top, it'll just swing and stabilize like a pendulum. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But the, but there's a bunch of reasons why that doesn't actually work. Yes. And and Dingley's making a video explaining that. So he's doing Kerbal Space Program in real life is what Dingley's doing. Dingley's actual career is Kerbal Space Program. As in he, he, he once said to me that he legitimately asks people when picking them for UWA rocketry whether or not they've played Kerbal Space Program. I've played Kerbal Space Program. There, there you go. You have, you, well, I mean, I have, I have actual rocket building experience. So I do have that now. So I have that on you. But Yeah, but have you ever landed someone on the moon? Or the moon, no, so, sorry. So, yeah. so apparently the skills you learn in Kerbal Space Program are actually not half bad for being... There you go. Hi, me, Dingley. You know where <laughs> I live. He, I suppose he could extrapolate, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the idea is that he needed to build two rockets, right? He needed to build a rocket that was built like this pendulum rocket and crashed and burned and didn't work, right? Yeah, and then he needed to build a rocket that actually launched, right? Yeah, and a control group and an experiment group. Yeah, as our, as our science kids call it, <laughs> it's not quite what's happening, but sure. And so, <laughs> the weekend before last weekend, the weekend before, uh, it was like anyway, the the weekend before we him and I went on a trip, he went on filming with his regular cameraman because obviously I'm normally in Canberra, so he has a regular cameraman in Perth. Shout out to Gus if you're listening, and. The problem was is that they had their pendulum rocket, they pressed launch, and it launched beautifully. Oh, that's and great. So, that's that's amazing. Why well, then in, let's build every rocket like that then. <laughs> but and it turns out but the, and the reason for that is because it was like 
you know, a small rocket, maybe about your, your and I height, like if you didn't, it wouldn't actually work if you had a load in there or anything like that. Calling me small? You're saying I don't have a load? <laughs> as in, as, as in the, yeah, you're small and you don't have a load. Meanwhile, I, I have, I'm just, I'm delivering a large package to outer space. <laughs> um, we, well, speaking of, remind me to tell you about wide loads later, actually, in the, uh, no, actually, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so because uh, the, this rocket was, basically the rocket that was meant to spiral off and crash and burn actually launched really well. And it's, Basically, don't worry about it too much, except the, basically Dingley is, was too good an engineer and the rocket actually worked. And so he now needed to build some rockets that were built like this pendulum thing and didn't work, right? But the problem is the, he done, when he launched this rocket on the weekend, he'd done all the filming out at Mikastara. Now, Mikastara is an eight-hour drive away. And, uh, that's unfortunate. And the, rocket was, and the video was meant to be published Friday last week and this was like Monday and so he basically needed to relaunch the build and relaunch some rockets and then and get back up to a place that looked like Mikathara you know by enough time to have getting the the videos edited and so um, we basically spent all of the Tuesday test driving how to build rockets that would crash and burn and the problem was is that these ones yeah sorry I feel like Dingley made this way harder for himself because I feel like no one would have cared if he just did, if he had two separate launch sites. You know what I mean? It might have made it this life a bit easier. Like, I don't think anyone was going to go into YouTube comments and go, hang on a second, this isn't fair. <laughs> you launched in two different places. <laughs> As in, if you think about the fact that he spent, so his, Gus, his trip with Gus was two days. He spent two days on the road with me. We all, him and I also spent two days test building rockets and launching them. Um, and that's on top of like all the regular editing and stuff like that. Like he basically spent uh, Saturday through, on oh, the day before. So I think he spent Friday, a Friday, he spent a full week building and launching all these different rockets. And that's not including all the script writing or any of that. Yeah. Like it was as in for all the effort and also this YouTube video, unlike his normal ones, which are fast 10 minutes, is actually for a competition. So this is a 60-second YouTube video. Oh, it's for it's a competition. Been... Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's fair then. That's fair if it's for a competition. I, but... I take it back, Dingley. Uh, sorry I ever doubted you. Well, no, you say that, but he actually said to me on the drive home that because it's like they the videos have to be uploaded by a certain date, he actually said to me on the drive home that he doesn't think he'll win the competition anyway because someone's already uploaded one and... Like they uploaded theirs like on and he's on the way, way back from his trip with Gus and he saw their video and he was like, yeah, there's no way I can beat that. And so... But second place is still pretty good, Dingley. <laughs> you know, the, silvers, the silver gets just as much respect. Well, it doesn't get just as much respect as the gold, but it does get more respect than the bronze. Well, according so. to the, remember, according to the Americans, um, it's not how they're many, all equal. Yeah, it's not, yeah, they're all equal. If you look at the American ranking of the, oh, I was going to do that. I was maybe I'll do this next week, but I wanted to parody how. So, for those who don't know, the so normally your Olympic tally is ranked by how many gold you get. But the American That's how the IOC does it. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just wary of calling it the normal way. That's how. That's how. That's what the, the that's how the, the, the committee does Olympic it. Olympic committee does it. Yes. 
But the now I like calling it the normal way because it makes the Americans sound dumb and dumb and narcissistic. Um, so when China had more gold medals than America, America was publishing the medal table not as who had the most gold medals, but who had the most medals overall. And 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 maybe this is a debate we can get into later. But it was just so clearly a thing that looked like America was doing what put whatever metric put them on top. Well, I'm yeah, but I'm sure you know loads of countries would do the same thing well this is what I, I wanted to go and play around with the metrics and figure out what metrics put australia on top or say like what a metric put say bulgaria on top you know i yeah. wanted to see like what arbitrary way you can rank them so keep that in mind because that might be coming as a future segment um but where were we where were we so yeah the two so we did a bunch of tests launching on the tuesday the first one and th- that was a good way for us to figure out what we need to bring on the trip because the the problem with them is that we got the way we launched them is we bought these like little rocket motors that are the best rocket motors that you can buy without a rocket motor license um because we wanted to get as many as we could the problem with that is they don't always go off so these first ones we went so we literally we built them at uwa and then we just drove down to a local oval because if you launch them on uwa uwa staff are like hang on is that a rocket um, whereas if you go to a, no, a local oval, you know, it's just a dude with his dog, you know? Yeah. Although, yeah. although because UWA is like in this very like wanky area of Perth, there was a Maserati parked nearby. And we oh. did have a moment of, if this goes really wrong and the rocket hits the Maserati, that would be... It'd make for a great video though. It would, it would make for... But the problem is we were... This was just the test footage. So this was just on my phone. And so... Oh, well, that's still pretty good though. You could still... Yeah, you'd go not, viral. It's not YouTube... Co- yeah, true. That was true. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite his regular one. You'd go viral and then also maybe get arrested. I don't know. No, that's, it, this was all completely legal, what we were doing, by the way. But the first one, it, it didn't take off the launch pad. Only one of the motors ignited. And it ignited, but it, it went off but then it just set the casing of the rest of the thing on fire. And so the rocket was just on the launch pad on fire. And we were kind of just standing there being like, uh, what do we do here? Because there's technically the rocket's on fire and there's still unexploded explosive next to it as well. That's pretty cool. So we then subsequently bought a, a fire blanket with us on the trip, thankfully. Um, and then the next one, one went off, but the because we designed these new rockets to be a bit heavier, it was too heavier, so heavy. So it kind of just went off, like it ignited and then just stayed in the launch pad. And this time some little kid was walking by and we were kind of like trying to go where do these launches where they're like away from people. And so we kept them going away from where this little kid was, but he kept following us. Well, and he's so just we, interested. Rockets oh, are cool. Yeah, exactly. And so we ended up basically being like, explained. But the thing is, it was like this five-year-old kid and his dad, but we were also like, we were explaining to him what was going on, but we were also like, again, like if this goes wrong, you know, what's worse than hitting a Maserati? Hitting a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that was after we'd also moved that launch site because we we didn't, we thought we'd go launch it down by the river because it might be closer. But then we had to, we realized that we had to move it from where all the people had like parked their boats because we were like, you know, it's more expensive than a car, a boat. And it's like, what's more expensive than a boat, a kid? Anyway, we finally got one, the third test one to go on the Tuesday, which was great. Um, and so, and by mean it working, it means it went up and then going completely sideways um, and looked quite comical. Uh, and so 
this happens and we're all cheering. But then we realize that we're actually reasonably close to a road. And we literally are just watching this rocket. And so there's this great moment of the rockets in the air going sideways for cheering. And then we're like, oh, crap, hang on. <laughs> there's this big major road there. And so we'll take off after the rocket. And it lands about three meters shy of the road. Anyway, ding like, all right, good. We have a pendulum rocket that successfully doesn't launch. We're good to go. So we drive up on the Wednesday. And we didn't want to drive all the way to Mikitara because that's eight hours away, right? And we'd scouted up there at this place called Payne's Find, which is literally just a pub with a campground. That's all that there is. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's only four hours. That's most of WA, isn't it? Is exactly, yeah. And and so we were like, we'll get to this place, we'll crash the night there, and we'll um, at the pub a pub with the campground. And we'd and we'd figured out and and what I'd done the day before is I'd spent also on Monday Dingley had done some building without me, and I'd spent a bunch of time scouting out locations on Google Maps that looks like, so I had the video of the Mikathara launch site and spent a bunch of time on Google Maps, like finding places that looked like the Mikathara launch site without being in Mikathara. And so we were like, yep, we have all these sites. We have these like random GPS coordinates and we're driving up and we stop off at the first these coordinates and we look around and it's like, this doesn't look like the Google Maps thing because the Google Maps thing was clearly taken in summer. Where yeah, yeah. And where there hadn't, and in Perth, we've been having a lot of rain lately. And so there was just wildflowers everywhere. And so, because Dingley wanted like a red barren landscape to like really look like outback Australia. And instead, there's just all these beautiful flowers everywhere. Oh, that's nice. It looks really pretty, but like, again, looks nothing like the previous site. And so it's terraformed Mars. There you go. Yeah. There's a little trick for you, Dingley. You can just put a little, you put a little text box down the bottom and you just say, terraformed mars in it and there you, you know, go I played, I played a game called terraforming mars on sunday night oh actually quite fun um and so we ended up having to drive two hours further north to this place called mount magnet which has two pubs and a couple of like restaurants but all the the pubs were closed um sorry no all the restaurants the, there was a couple of two restaurants and they were diners and they were closed and there was one two pubs but we walked past the pub and it was Mount Magnet's a big stop, stop off for truckies on the way up north. Um, and we we went past the pub. Dingley looked in and was like, no, we're not going in there. Like Dingley was very intimidated by the truckies. And so we ended oh, up... Oh, come on. Yeah. They're probably really nice. I know. I was, I was like, let's go to the pub with the truckies. But yeah. uh, Dingley was like, nah, let's get two-minute noodles for dinner instead. They'd uh, probably help you out. You know, they'd be like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, anyway, so we... On the Thursday morning, we we're like, right, filming time. So we'd actually not seen a lot, too many good places on the way up. Um, but we knew there was this lake about half an hour north. So we kind of gambled and drove out to this lake, and the and it worked, and it was perfect. So we went there, and we were la- and we tried launching these pendulum rockets. So we knew there was a chance that the motors wouldn't go out. So we didn't build one rocket. We didn't build two. We bu- built four pendulum rockets, right? That we had with us, right? All four of them did not get off the pad, right? <laughs> And so we're standing there being like, this is, this is, this is terrible. This doesn't work. So what we ended up doing, and this is the rocket that you see launched in the video, is we had four, we had only enough tubes and like cylinders to build four rockets, but we had a few spare motors. And the problem with these things is that when they launch, the motors are like stuck into the tube. And so they kind of burn up and don't work. So what we did is we basically had a bunch of red duct tape and spray paint and some spare motors and a saw 
And after the fall didn't work, we basically set all these rockets out, all out. This is just in the middle of the desert. And we basically saw them all apart and we super glue them together and we duct tape them together with a new motor. <laughs> this is in the middle of the desert. And this is by this stage, because it takes a bit of time to like set up the launch and get them launched. We'd been out standing in the desert by about for about three hours launching these Did rockets. Did you get sunburnt? No, because it was so cold, we were really rugged up. Okay, that's um, good. Because it was just like it's... It, like there was because it was so clear it was great weather but it was so cold we we're just out there and we we're in the desert because we got we literally got it before the sun rose right to get out filming right um and so after like four hours in the desert we've we've gotten this extra this last we've gotten this fifth rocket which is literally this fifth pendulum rocket which is literally two or three of the other ones sawed apart super glued together and held together by duct tape and that one finally grows up and like crash science sideways. Yay. Which does the job. Um, but when we were repairing the rockets, Dingley, because we were sawing them apart, right? Dingley, Ding, Josh has just pulled out the clapping emoji. Dingley accidentally, like, um, he's looking at me and talking while sawing something. And then he looks down and he's like, oh crap, because he's, he's missed with the saw and he starts, has started sawing his thumb. Oh, no. Dingley. And so, and so, although I realize now we actually did have a first aid kit that we didn't use. And Dingley's Aww. like, that's, that's fine. So Dingley grabs the red duct tape and wraps it around his thumb. And he's like, there we go. I'm good. And so in all the, and we took uh, a few. Was it that? Was, how far did he get through sawing his hand off? It was just a thumb. It was just a bit of blood. Um, oh, okay. So it wasn't particularly deep. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he taped his thumb back to his No, hand. it was like. It, but it was as in if you but if you like if you it was the depth of if you sliced like a big proper saw across your thumb right yeah so like reasonably deep um but thankfully the blood that got all over the rocket because the rocket was red anyway you couldn't see and so, <laughs> but now if you look at the promo video photos that we took because we also took like a few what we did is we we had we took this promo shot of and i got a photo of me in it as well we we what we did is we made this like circle of all the broken bits of rocket and took a like with the drone took like a, a like basically a drone selfie of us amongst all the scattered stuff but if you look at Dingley's hand in the photo his thumb is just covered in this massive bit of red duct tape but instead of because because it got it got sliced off um, but but speaking of the drone so obviously those are the pendulum rockets but we actually had one good rocket as well right um and we launched, and so it's kind of like we need that to work, right? And we launched that up, um, and the drone is hovering above the rocket. But this nearly went to good disaster as well because the the drone, the rocket, like didn't launch quite straight, and basically the rocket made like a beeline for the drone. Oh yeah! And all so, right, all right. So and so we had this top ten videos taken moments before disaster. <laughs> and so the idea is that you'd have this lovely drone footage of the rocket taking off. But we're looking up and we're like, oh, no, the, the drone's going to get taken out by the rocket. That which, would make for some good footage, though. I'll which, tell you what, this is all shaping up for Dingley getting a good, a good place in this competition. But in the end, it, like, it whizzed just past. But, yeah, and so it's – but the, the good rocket launched so well that it actually went out because I was actually a bit further back with, like, a far shot. And all of the camera angles, the ro good rocket went so well that it went out of the shot in all the good camera angles. Um, which also does work kind of well, right? Because if you like see the rocket disappearing, it looks pretty good. 
Uh, but we had definitely had a moment of fear there, there with the drone. Although Ding also freaked out because when he was lowering the drone, I just went over to catch it. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he was like, and he freaked out because like, no, dude, it's not designed to be caught. Because I was like, surely it's just like, like, you know, a big bird that lands in your hand. No, but yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, apparently not. Um, but anyway, we launched all the rockets. We've been filming for like five or six hours. And we, I think we've, I think we ended up getting back on the road at like one, which is like later than we'd left the day before. Cause it's still like a six hour drive home. Um, and so I told, I, you know, I told you about the wide loads, right? So yeah. on these country roads, right? You Country roads? Take me home. <laughs> I mean, the, the country roads were taking us home. Um, and you obviously have to overtake road trains, right? When you're on a country road, because they go quite slowly, right? Um, and overtracking road trains is one thing, right? But we we get to one point and it, we see this little car that says wide load ahead. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe it's just a particularly big road train. And the, the car directs us to go around. So we overtake that car. And then we see the wide load. And it is literally a road train. And the thing that the road train is carrying is a huge mining truck. Oh, and so, yeah. And so they literally, they are like driving these huge mining trucks like up and down this northern highway and the mining truck is the entire width of the highway and yeah, so there's they're some big boys there's some big boys and so we get directed by like the police escort to basically <laughs> you have to drive off the road on like the dirt and dingley's dingley's car is not like an off-road vehicle we actually checked out some off-road but vehicles. surely it's all like flat kind of yeah. well they yeah. just they happened to be doing some roadworks on the great northern highway trying to expand it so it was fine but yeah we basically like were driving around like this this huge these huge things but then you can also only obviously do that on certain bits of road and they were doing they were transporting these huge trucks two at a time and we overtook the first one and then stuck between the two trucks was a road train <laughs> 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 because that road train Obviously, isn't used to overtaking these. It had overtaken one, and then the road started to have to curve to it, so we could overtake safely, but the road train couldn't. And so the road train then had to get us to overtake it, and then overtake subsequently the huge mass of wide load. Um, and then we overtook the, that wide load, and then we get behind the the wide load ahead front car, right? Um, but then the road gets really windy for a bit, and so there's a few k's where. Uh, there, were, there was this car that said wide load ahead and it was just me and Dingley in his mum's car yeah. <laughs> because the, the big one was so slow and the wide load was sufficiently fast that we were like ended up being quite a fair bit ahead and then there was like this there was this weird thing where like we had to like let road trains go past us and it was all it was all it was all very confusing but we came up with a new ro- a game for a road trip that I want you to try out the next time you're on a road trip when you, I spy? No, we didn't play I spy. <laughs> we, we should have though. Uh, when you when you when you get to overtake a, a road a, a road train, what you do is you you say is like, "Hey, that's one long boy," and then you hold as you know, yeah, like a long yeah boy. Yeah, you hold that for the length of the road train. Oh, you would have passed out. <laughs> well, well you joke i tried to do that as so i held it as long as i could and then and then we got talking and dingley was explaining how he holds so dingley does a lot of scuba diving so he can hold his breath for like three minutes um like 
And he like he was like to me, oh, why don't you have a crack at doing it? So I held my breath for a minute. And then I then spent the next hour or so like having to like suck in my breath and like because I just like messed up my lungs that much from trying to hold in my breath that long. But yeah, basically next road trip you're on or the listeners are on, go have a crack at doing a long boy when overtaking a road trip. Because that circular, is, circular breathing people going to have a field day with that one. Of the long, well, did I tell you about how on first year IB we did a long yeah boy and the winner was Max because he's a trumpet player? Well, yeah, but like anyone who can circular breathe is going to win. Can you circular breathe because you play the flute? Uh, no, but I know the technique for learning how to circular breathe. That was yeah. taught to me. I just never actually went and did it. Because it's it's mainly a party trick. You don't actually. It's actually kind. It can mess up your your playing because you don't take natural breaths as much. Ah. So ah. it can actually detract from from playing. But yeah, my flute teacher had a story about uh, two of her friends, and like that was a party trick they'd pull out. It was yeah. like one of them would just be able to play a flute note for like an hour at a party. <laughs> Wait, as in hold the flute and just play that one note. But surely the thing is with that party trick. The thing is with the party trick is it needs to be like kind of short. Like my week. Oh, no, no, no. Well, well, so it was part of a, they were like a comedy duo, a bit like us, but oh, yeah. musical. But actually funny. <laughs> or actually good at music. Yeah. Um, and so that was part of their, their routine was um, they were like a husband and wife pair. And the, the wife would say something and then the husband would go, oh, well, I'm just going to, play my flute then and next time i breathe i'll like talk to you or something <laughs> but then obviously he doesn't breathe for like the rest of it so it was, it was something like that so the act is just her whilst he's just playing one note on the flute well i think this is towards the end look i i was never there this was just recounted to me by my flute teacher offhand at one of our <laughs> one of our practices because i think about it, right like my wee big thing right as a party trick that goes for a minute and I've been told that that is too long for a party trick. And I was going to say, an hour on the flute, if, an, if one minute is too long, for, too long for a party trick, an hour, that's not a well, party trick. it depends trick. on the party trick. You know what I mean? Is it, is it a minute to eat wheat bix Yeah, that's kind of boring. But if you tried to eat wheat bix in an hour, yeah, that would be hella boring. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure there's some party tricks where you need an hour to do the setup and then execute it efficiently. Oh, it's like the 12 pounds of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got for us today, Josh? So uh, bring back Pokemon chat. <laughs> <laughs> our, our well loves Pokemon chat. Everyone loves Pokemon chat. Everyone does love Pokemon. We've never had any complaints about Pokemon chat ever. Your parents don't count. I'm sorry. Get, get, them, get them a DS with some Pokemon and then they will understand. Josh, if I'm buying a DS, I'm not buying it for my parents. You can buy several. <laughs> then you can trade Pokemon with them. <laughs> That's actually how I'll keep in touch while I'm while I'm overseas. Yeah, exactly. That's I should have put that on my scholarship application. What are you going to use the money for? <laughs> buying a DS for my parents. <laughs> anyway, play on. Um, all right. So you remember how we talked about uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl? A few times because there's the remakes coming out and then yeah. you were going to try and play it and then you didn't try and play it and then i messaged you saying hey are you playing this because i'm thinking about playing it yeah and then i went actually i don't really care enough to play this game <laughs> did you then go and play it i have started playing the game <laughs> um <laughs> which, 
yeah you know it's, it's thrilling it's a real roller coaster of emotions with pokemon um yeah well because i was talking you already just start talk- the game as well i was talking to julia about it because i said oh the remakes don't look good but i feel like i'm just gonna buy them anyway to experience like re-experience my childhood and julia said no, don't that do that. Like, just that you have like you stuff. own the game anyway. Just play the original game and don't waste eighty dollars on the remakes that don't look good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I went, all right. And she went, we can play the games together, and that way, like you have that social connection that is otherwise missing when you're playing a Pokemon game. And I went, all yeah. right, all right, all right. Uh, but we're doing a challenge with Pokemon. Who did you um, start with, by the way? Hmm? Who did you start with? As in which which game or which, which starter? starter. Um, I'll I'll get into that. I'll get into that because you need to you need to hear the reasoning behind why I chose which starter. Okay, okay. Because I will judge you depending on who you chose. Well, yes. Um, because I did not choose my favorite. I did not choose my favorite one. Who's your favorite starter from that one? Uh Turtwig. Right, because mine's Chimchar. Because well, fine. I did choose Chimchar. Oh, good. Okay. And I named him after you, just so you know. Did you actually call him Matthew? No, I called him Blacker. Oh, you called Chimchop? Oh, this is this has made my day. Oh, I'm gonna, and that means the meme for this episode can just be my face photoshopped onto Chimchop. And you can have me as the Pokemon trainer. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Chimchop. Chimchop is like one of my favorite. Like I really enjoy. Like they are the Infernape and Blaziken, like evolutionary lines. I just like chef's kiss. Sorry, mm. play on. Um, well, wait till you hear what the challenge is. So, the challenge is called a Nuzlocke. I don't know if you've heard of the Nuzlocke isn't challenge. Nuz, isn't Nuzlocke a Pokemon? Uh, Nuzleaf is a Pokemon, right? Yeah, um, that's that's how the challenge got named. It was like someone called Lock, or their like online username was Lock, and they had a Nuzlocke. Uh, yeah, that was how the yeah, um. The Nuzlocke challenge has a few rules. The first rule is that every Pokemon you catch, you have to give a nickname to. Okay. So it's meant to like make you have a closer bond with your Pokemon. Okay. Right? So that's why I'm honored that you chose me for your first your first Pokemon. Well, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. Who did you, what did you name your rival? Did you name a rival in game Julia? Because you're doing this. Uh, well, I think it was Jay Sizzle. Um is actually what the rival's name is. Because <laughs> I always, whenever I have played Pokemon, I name the, the rival Josh. Yeah, I thought so, about doing that, but I thought uh, this time, because I was playing it, I'm playing it with Julia. I thought it Jason makes was, sense to have the rival as, as Julia. Jason, and you can be 100%. one of my team that helps me get through. Yeah. Um, the second... Surely you name all of your, your Pokemon after friends of the show. Uh, they're all named after people I know. Yes, <laughs> not necessarily name, friends of the show. Can you catch a Pokemon and name it Kirsten after my mum? Because that would, I think, that would kind of she'd love it and hate it. Okay, I will. I will do that. I will do excellent, that. Excellent. Um, the second rule is that you can only catch one Pokemon per route. Oh. Okay. And as an extension, you can only catch the first Pokemon of that you encounter in that route. No. Yeah. But what unless about, like, unless there's a there's a there's a there's a subsection here which is that it? if it yeah if you've already caught it you can uh you can ignore it but the the first new encounter that you find you you that's the that's your encounter for that route. 
So any route that has a legendary on it, make sure you've caught all the Pokemon that route already. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the legendaries don't really come out to post game anyway. Yeah, usually. True. So uh, this challenge ends after you defeat the Elite Four. So usually you're okay with that. Kind that of means thing. you can't go back and like try and pick up like say like a grass type somewhere else yeah okay yeah this yep. is a good challenge yeah yeah the third rule is the toughest and it is that i so mean usually fair, you know the game one wasn't that hard <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> to, to, yeah the first two are not really that difficult the third one so usually when you're playing pokemon if your pokemon faints you can just go to a pokemon center and it comes back to you know gets it wakes up and you can keep moving on yeah in the nuzlocke if your Pokemon faints, it is counted as dead and you must either release it or put it in the PC and you can't use it again for the rest of the, the game. Have I died? No, you're still alive. All my Pokemon are still alive. Oh, because you'd be buying so many heals and potions and... And grinding uh, up levels and, yeah, the whole... the whole. Oh, so you'd just be making sure that your Pokemon are super high level before you do anything with them, just to be yeah. like... Yeah. yeah. You have to tell me if I die. I will. I will. It's going to be devastating, you know, because... It will be devastating if any of them die because they're named after your friends. Exactly. That's why That's why this is such a high stakes challenge because now the, the nicknaming means you have an emotional connection, but the death rule means that you have a very strong incentive to not let anyone die. And also, like, I feel like the, the second rule, which is you only take the first one from each route, also kind of does that as well because I feel like normally in Pokemon, it's kind of like you will maybe go to a route hunting a particular Pokemon. Yeah. And it's like all about like picking the team for like what's optimal. Whereas this is more like you got to deal with what you got. And because yeah. you have to deal with what you got, you're kind of being like, I feel like you're going to, yeah. Like, again, that's going to create an emotional affiliation with that, that Pokemon as well. Because yeah. and like- it also gives you a chance to use things that you would never use. You know what I mean? Like you catch something and you're like, Oh my goodness, do I really have to use this? pokemon and then all of a sudden it like win like sweeps a gym for you and you go oh actually this pokemon's yeah, pretty exactly. good. <laughs> yeah what's the what's the best pokemon that you've like discovered through this method um well, well currently my Badoo is just absolutely killing everything in its isn't path the, isn't Badoo? isn't that like the um what, what what is it again isn't it like a it's a little a, grass twig thing <laughs> oh well, how do you spell Badoo? because i was thinking it was like the beaver uh, B-U-D-E-W. You're thinking of Bidoof. I am I am thinking of Bidoof. Oh, you're Budju. Does Budju evolve at all? Yeah, it, it goes into like a, a little green person thing. <laughs> a little green person thing. <laughs> How good. That's 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 wild. All right. It's oh fun fact, it is the shortest grass type Pokemon. Yeah, it's pretty tiny. Oh, it gets you Roselia and Roserade. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which you're like, well known. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, but yeah, obviously this is like a, like a very intense challenge. And I think that's shown by the fact that I've currently played for six hours and I'm playing on a DS. So I don't have like the turbo function of, that you get on an emulator. Yeah. And I haven't beaten the first gym yet. I haven't even stepped foot inside the first gym yet. <laughs> you know? I, is I, that like, because you're so nervous about like dying? I am. I am. I like... I, yeah, I'm taking my time to, to so grind what everyone am, up. What level am I at? You're at level 14. So you've just evolved into Monferno. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I got, I'm getting close to, to tackling it, but still you look at like seven hours of playtime and I haven't even like, I'm still basically in the tutorial. <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose as well, um, the first gym is typically rock, right? Yeah. The, well, it depends which game, but yeah, in, in this generation. Yeah. It is. And because the thing about fire starters is they're, they, they're really good later on in the game, but typically the first couple of gyms are like rock and water. So fire starters are typically weak at the start. The second one's, the second one's grass. So it'll be uh-huh. good by then. But yeah, this is why I chose Infernape, which is because uh, there's no fire types in the Sino region. <laughs> oh, and if you have to catch the first one you come across, you're going to be forced into, like you might not ever get a fire type. Yeah, say, I do have, I have, I have a pony top. But oh. that's probably the only other one I will get this entire run. So there was one just north of the city. So I just went and got it. Um, that was my encounter for, for that route. Um, but yeah, so if you die, I have one other fire type Pokemon. If that Pokemon dies, then I have not, <laughs> no yeah, fire type Pokemon left. Which is also why that first gym is such high stakes because you don't want me to die essentially. Yeah, because I, I need you for the late game. And so if you die in the early game, I'm screwed. <laughs> so I reckon don't take me into that first gym. No, well, you're, you're you're half fighting type now, so you'll be good. Don't worry about it. Oh, Don't worry. I'm sorry. I'm also like I'm I'm like playing this game so much more strategically than I've ever played Pokemon before. Like I'm reading about all the like natures which affect your stat boosts and whatnot. Really? You know what I mean? So like like each Pokemon gets a random has a slightly random um, difference to other yeah, ones. They so give them, like, you've got yeah yeah you've got like a, a higher special attack but a lower defense or something like that which i'm very aggressive yeah but you're also that means you're uh infernopes already a kind of not very tanky pokemon so puts you more at risk of things <laughs> so you know i'm like keeping that in the back of my mind of going i'm, I'm oh, like well, i'm i don't want to like send fragile. you out against something yeah so like i'm playing this game way more uh, like almost competitively than i've ever played pokemon before I mean, that's awesome because I remember you saying to me that like you were getting a little bit bored of Pokemon. Like, yeah, it was all the same. So I imagine this would be spicing things up a bit, which is really nice. Yeah, it was really slow at the start because you catch, you know, a level two and in on like the first route. And then you're like, oh, I have to grind this up to level five before oh, I can do you anything. can't take any anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so like it's super slow at the start. But now I'm kind of like hitting my groove and like, uh, you know, once you kind of have a team and and you're in a position where you can actually fight things, then you're, then you, then you're having a good time. So say your Budgie dies, right? Yeah. Um, are you allowed to then, so you're not allowed just to capture a, po- a Pokemon on the route if you've caught it before, but if, can you capture one that's dead? So say, you, can you capture a new Budgie if your Budgie is dead? Yeah, but I can't go, I've, I can't go back to the route that I found it on. Yeah. But if I happen to be somewhere new and there was one, then yeah, I could catch it. Which also means there's a finite number of Pokemon in the game that you can get, right? Because there is like a finite number of routes. Yes. Yeah, damn. But I suppose you also have the thing that like, because there are some cases where you can like, oh, what about Safari Zones? Can you go to that? So Safari Zones are, are places in Pokemon where you can basically go in and, I don't, look, to be honest, if you don't know Pokemon at this stage, you're probably not enjoying this bit of the chat, <laughs> but you basically can just go in and it's a free-for-all for catching. Yes. Well, I think the Safari Zone is one area. Oh, so, so you have one Pokemon there. One, the first well, I think depends on... So I think I think the way it's counted is, you know how every time you go into a new route in Pokemon, it comes up with the name of the route that you're on? 
Yeah. So I think if if the Safari Zone has multiple zones within it, um, like some do, then oh. you can get one in each zone, but or each section. But if it's just counted as one area, which I think it usually is, then yeah, you get one encounter there, and that's it. Tell you what, this is something that you and Jace's will have to debate and figure out. Well, yeah. I, well, I think you know that's that's just how it is. Also, I forgot to mention if all your Pokemon wipe out, uh, your game's over and you have to restart from the very beginning. Well, that's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> if they're all dead, that's, yep. That's brutal. How's how's Julia going with it? Uh, well, so Julia was stuck in Melbourne, um, and so of course, so she's been uh, playing a lot. Yeah, and I think her DS was here. Uh, oh. But then I suggested to her to do a randomized Nuzlocke until she could get back here. And so she's been playing a randomized version of Platinum, um, which has been fun to watch. So Ross, so randomized is when rather than there being like an order to where the Pokemon come up in the roots, it's just like they can come up anywhere, basically. Uh, a randomizer replaces every Pokemon with a random one. So you never know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you go check your starters, and the starters are, like, three random Pokemon. And then you go into the first route, and instead of it being a bird and a, uh, like, squirrel thing, it's the, like, it could be two legendaries, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I, I like, you I know like, what you're going to I like that with. you have acknowledged the fact that all the first route is just a bird and a squirrel. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> it's the same formula. <laughs> the bird and the squirrel. It sounds like one of Aesop's fables. Yeah, the bird and the squirrel. The bird or the um the bear and the mouse which was an episode of this podcast it was this time it was. maybe we should call this one the bear and the squirrel as well much <laughs> that out of oh, sorry no, the, the 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 what and the squirrel the, the bird, bird and the squirrel who was the bird who was the squirrel out of the two of us um i don't know so i support hawthorne and i'm wearing a hawthorne jumper and they are a bird on the All other right. hand, I feel like squirrels are a nerdier animal. Oh, it depends, though. I don't yeah. know. I feel like we can both be... We, like, fulfill different bird-squirrel energy depending on the context. That's fair. Listeners, write in and let us know if you think... Write in and tell us if you have a joke. And also let us know if you think Josh is more of a bird or, and, or if I'm more of a bird or who's more... Because I would, I would rather be a bird than a squirrel, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? But exactly, squirrels aren't terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like of all the animals, you'd rather be a squirrel over, say, like a rat. Yeah, for sure. There are definitely things you would rather. Like squirrels aren't bad. I think the thing is, birds are just a. When you think about it, birds are a pretty epic animal. Uh yeah. But having said that, I'd rather be a squirrel than a pigeon. Oh, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> or like a freaking ibis. No, no, Ibis, I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy being an Ibis. You'd be happy That's being a bin sick. chicken. Ibis is a pretty sick. Have you heard the bin chicken song? Yeah, we've we've talked yeah. about doing the bin chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, for you. Brisbane twenty thirty two. Instead of you know how we had uh, Matilda the um, the kangaroo at the Sydney Olympics, we're gonna have think- we're gonna have like Barry okay. the bin chicken. <laughs> Barry the bin chicken. There's gonna be a giant bin chicken at the opening ceremony. <laughs> I hate that. I actually hate that. I, 
I can't believe you wouldn't mind being an Ibis. That that's well, I think it would be fun, ironically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, an ironic Ibis. Yeah, (laughs) it's like you'd be an Ibis. You'd walk around and you would play the Bin Chicken song yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like I would definitely. I feel like, like the Ibis is a bit like, uh, you know, Untitled Goose Game, that game that came out last year where you play (laughs) as the goose. I feel like they could make a version with an Ibis and it would have like very similar energy. Did you say that they made a game which is just lawnmower simulator? Uh, there's an everything simulator now. <laughs> there's a there should be a simulator simulator. I think there is. Like <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure there is a simulator simulator. <laughs> it's just simulators all the way down. Yeah. Everything is a simulation. <laughs> Elon Musk wants to know your location. Yeah. Ever since we started the weekly word. I've had a brilliant idea for well, how it can be used in the future. And so I think the weekly word is the greatest opportunity we have on this podcast to get sponsors involved. And so today I do not have a sponsor, but I have an example of how we could use this as a sponsored segment. Um, So, so get ready. So, So, I love this. I freaking love this. The weekly word is exfoliation. <laughs> and <laughs> you might say, oh, I want to exfoliate myself, maybe my feet. And so if you buy the Bubble Spa Elite Foot Spa with heat boost, you can exfoliate your feet. Keep holding that up. Keep holding that up. That's amazing. So, Thanks to Homedics for sponsoring the podcast. They haven't actually sponsored the podcast, I have to say, but this is where, you know, if you're a sponsor listening to this, this is what we can do for you. Josh is so, just opening the box. The the Bubble Spa Is this related elite to your gross toe thing? Uh, it is related to my feet. I just thought it'd be a lot of fun to have a foot spa. And I have to say, I do really enjoy it. It's a great, <laughs> it's been a great investment. So, so you bought yourself a foot spa? Yes, <laughs> I did. You can we um uh, this is this is for all the purchases that like I don't know I I am not someone who purchases things for themselves I get shocked by any any purchase <laughs> so listeners at home Josh is kind of just sitting there holding the box up like in the frame like I will post the photo of Josh holding the box he's basically just sitting there holding the box um like it's this this baby so you bought yourself a foot spa just to to use at night. Oh yeah, it's, it's been like, a gr- it's been great. Well, my podiatrist like, said I should be I should be bathing my feet, and obviously I don't have a bath here. But a foot spa is pretty much the next best thing. And so thanks to the Homedics Bubble Spa Elite Foot Spa with Heat Boost, you can exfoliate your feet. Uh, what 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 does the foot spa have for you? It has invigorating <laughs> bubbles to rejuvenate tired feet. It has a two-in-one removable pedicure tool for cleansing. And there's the word of the week again, exfoliating. <laughs> Do you want to have a guess at how to spell exfoliation? I just want to make two points first. First of all, like this is officially a sign that you are getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and an 18-year-old does not buy themselves a foot spa. A, 20, oh. a 21, well... You're, even 21 is young, but it is, it is clear that your 22nd birthday is coming up soon, that you have bought yourself a foot spa. It's been a great investment. <laughs> when did you buy the foot spa? 
Uh, maybe like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, it could keep selling this for part of me. Uh, By the way, the, oh yeah, the other thing I was going to say, this is not sponsored. Like for everyone at home, Home Addicts is genuinely not sponsored. Home Addicts. No, no, no. But if you're if you're a sponsor, this is what we can do for you. Like, aren't you? Hopefully, you're just being wowed by how good this is. And you know, we can like clip this out of this episode. And we can send it to potential sponsors. We can send it to Home Addicts, and maybe next week I'll do an actual version of this. I'll send you a foot spa as well, because you know <gasps> you why know not? What? You know what, Josh? I am 22, and you know what that means. That means I would love a foot spa. Exactly. <laughs> Well, because as well, the other thing this foot spa has... Only, only for free, by the way. Only if it's for free from Hometics. It has a sensuous seagrass insert, which oh. stimulates and soothes tired feet. Oh. You know, very handy. And it has a comfortable tote carry handle. And so... Uh, Wait, it has a car- you can carry your foot spa around with you. Yeah, yeah. It's can great. You can you pull out the foot spa? I want to see that. There it is. Oh, it's like it's like a, a a um, it's like a bucket or a basket that you'd have at home. Yeah, makes sense. I like that you tilted it into the microphone as if the listeners at home would be able to hear it. See, there you go. You can see the sensuous seagrass there. Oh wow, that yeah. that does that does look sensuous. Sensuous. So, uh, the weekly word exfoliate. Do you want to try and spell exfoliate? Hang on. I, I need to guess what it means as well, don't I? Oh, yeah. You need to guess what it means. Hopefully, hopefully you've been able to figure that out a little bit. from. Well, exfoliate just means to like open up the pores and clear out the dirt on your feet, like, right? Well, I don't think it's just specifically feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can exfoliate <laughs> everywhere. But this is true. But for Hometics, although I'm sure Hometics do plenty of great product, products, not for your feet. And Hometics, if you, if you want to sponsor us, we'd be happy to... Talk about the only the only the only catch homedics is that it's got to be a product that has a cool word in it that's not exfoliate because we've done exfoliate. Yeah, but I'm sure they I'm sure they would have they would have something. Oh, hundred yeah. um, percent. And exfoliate is spelt. You get the box up. Wait, is the yeah. word exfoliate or exfoliating? Uh the word on the box is exfoliating. Okay. E X F O L I a T I N G. Exfoliating. Yep, correct. Uh, and just so we're clear on the definition, it's it's exfoliating is the is the process of removing the oldest dead skin cells from the skin. Um, Yum. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks to Hometics for sponsoring today's well, podcast. For, for not sponsoring. Well, they, yeah, they didn't sponsor it, but if they did, this is where we would say thank you. And you know, we've repeated the brand name. You know, and you can buy yourself a bubble spa elite foot spa with heat boost from Costco. I got one for 60 bucks. That's a pretty good bargain. Wait, with heat <laughs> boost? Say what so. does the heat boost do? Oh, so it, it it heats up the water for you. Oh, so you don't have to put hot water in. Yeah, well, I mean, I do put hot water in because, you know, time saving. But then, you know, you can just plug it in, turn it on, and it'll keep the water warm for you. It's got a little temperature sensor in there. And so you're just sitting there, and you don't have to worry about your, your your spa going cold. You're just you're just sitting there. You know what, Josh? I actually have a real good story for this. That really to sell hermetics further. So back in first year, I got an ingrown toenail, and I actually had an ingrown toenail for all of first year. And then I had to get I had to get it taken out, or like I can't quite remember what happened, but for some reason, like it got like infected. And what I had to do is I had to soak my foot, and 
the obviously again at college not having a bath so what i did is i got a lunchbox and i filled like i i bought a lunchbox and i filled that with hot water hot water and salt and that's how i soaked my foot and you know it wasn't it wasn't very good and there was also some water splashing over it and it kind yep. of ruined a perfectly good lunchbox right there's no sensuous seagrass inside and there was no such there was there was just like an awkward bit of plastic on the bottom i would have loved a sensuous seagrass insert you're right so if you if you are like josh and i and you have toe problems you know the homedics foot spa could be for you thanks again <laughs> to homedics they didn't actually sponsor the podcast by the way but there you go i think that that little that little hang on so there you go. I think that's how we could use the weekly word for sponsors. So if you're a sponsor or if you want to sponsor the show, get in contact and we can do that for you. You know, even if you're just a person and you want to just chuck, chuck us some money monthly. Or if you've got something that you want to get out in the podcast, say you're dingling with your YouTube channel, you give us a, you get us to talk about your YouTube channel and, but you have to give us like a difficult word to say in spell. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, well, I think it really works. Channel enough airtime as is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we we never said the name of it. So if you want us to say the name of it, Dingley, yeah. we'll pay up. <laughs> yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> oh, just buy me a donut, Dingus, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to buy me one as well. <laughs> Send it all the way. 